We're back, bitches. It did ride a little bit, huh? Yo. Yo. The song say, the world today is a ball of confusion. <laughs> but after this week, after seeing the folk breaking windows and, 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 and trampling the police and, and, and stealing folk computers and sitting at folk. And it wasn't none of it wasn't none of us. You dig what I'm saying? And before I tell y'all why I was confused, let me let me go and introduce myself one time, man. Cause if this your first time joining, if this your first time opening whatever podcast app you listen to, and click locally famous, somebody that told you about him. You done seen him on Instagram, you done seen him on Twitter, you done seen him on Facebook, but hey, baby, <laughs> I'm him. My name is Jacoby Conway. Some of these folk call me the mayor. Some of these folk call me the gargoyle king. Some of these folk say I add a little spice to their life. <laughs> Some of them call me the professor, man, but at the end of the day, I'm a black man. And my life matters, you dig what I'm saying? But... As I was stating, stating before, <laughs> I'm a little confused because all summer long, and I know I talked about this to y'all the other day, but all summer long I seen protests and riots and, and looting and whatever you want to call it. But along with those looters and along with those protesters and along with those rioters and along with those uh, uh, just random innocent bystanders. It was, it was, it was these boys out here that wear blue. And I ain't talking well. about the Dallas Cowboys. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the police, man. And the police was armed up with guns and rubber bullets and 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 and, and mace and all kind of shit. But I'm a little bit confused <laughs> as to where all that stuff was the other day, man. But I ain't going to jump too much on it. I ain't going to bark too much. Because I got a guest today, man. We got company, y'all. <laughs> we got company on the Locally Famous Podcast this time. Y'all know we always have a guest. But the past, um, the first couple of episodes of the, of the new year have been just me. You know what I'm saying? Going on rants and tapping into these folk and letting these folk know uh, how I feel and what's, you know what I'm saying, what's going on 
in my world and what's about to happen with the podcast. But Lucy, what's up? Um, we got we got company. Yeah. You are actually. I want to say congratulations to you. You the first. You the first guest of twenty twenty one. Um, other locally hey. famous podcast. You know what I'm saying? So you are the first one. If we starting out the year right, then we can say that. Well, I want to say thank you for having me on. Um, you know, shout out to our mutual friend Shy for you know tapping me in and you know letting me know that you know there are like minded people out there. She she also has tuned into my podcast, which is Blunt Force. Um, it's a cannabis podcast. You can find that on Spotify and on Apple. Okay. Um, but she knew that we needed to have this this um, discourse. She thought that both of us was the same type of fiery personality and that we would probably bounce off of each other. So I'm glad that she was able to link us via Facebook. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being the first guest on Locally Famous is an amazing honor, um, especially because I like to think of myself as a locally famous person. So shout out to Farmville, North Carolina, the place that made me who I am, you know, straight out of the 252, what it do, you know, so you got your girl Lucy Lou coming in with you. Um, but I was really excited that she thought that we should link up to talk about um, what was going on this week, because especially the day that you was asking to go live um, to talk about what was happening. I was actually in D.C. and oh. I was trying to leave the city, um, not just because of what was going on. I actually had made plans to leave the city beforehand. But I think it's important to rewind and talk about as a Washingtonian what it looked like before they came to the city. That was how uh-huh. I was able to know I was leave. Okay, so, so you you from you from North Carolina, but you live in you live in DC, right? Yes, okay. I'm so how long how long how long you been in DC? Um, I've been in DC for the last ten years. Um, I left DC. I left North Carolina in two thousand ten. Uh huh. Um, I graduated from Farmville Central High School, and I graduated um in 2010, and went to Howard University. Um, and I've been shout out HU. So you know, hey, hey, shout out to HU. Um, special shout out to you know the political science department flagship of Coas, holding it down, home of myself and my vice president, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. So that's your shit. Shout out to exciting things. For sure, man. And you grad you graduated from Howard when? Um, I graduated in 2017. Um, and okay. it's funny because shout out to, uh, bringing it full. Shout out to Howard, class of 2017, man. Y'all out here. <laughs> hey, but shout out, no, for real. Shout, shout out, out to out all HBCUs, though. No, I'm gonna tell you about that class of 2014. So class of 2014 is actually the class that I was supposed to graduate with. Uh-huh. Um. But I actually pulled out of Air Force ROTC, or I pulled out of ROTC because they said I was overweight, and I was about to commission to be a second lieutenant. Um, and so it put me back to being a freshman. But my actual counterparts and classmates are the people that's actually running the media industry right now, okay. like Complex, Huffington Post. Um, I even had one classmate that just was um, one of the the writers, I think, or she had something to do with the production of Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. which was the show on Netflix that just premiered. Right. It was the fifth largest um, Netflix debut. Another one of my colleagues um, actually 
produced the CNN segment that had Young Jeezy on there to talk about why it was important to vote in the election. Mm-hmm. And another one of my classmates, Jamari Torrance, actually was um, on the campaign staff for um, the Senate race in Georgia, and he actually got Reverend um, Water, um, Warnock uh, oh. elected. So okay. I want to say shout out to the class of 2014 and Howard because they're doing amazing things. Shout out to them, man. Shout out to HU. My cousin, my cousin graduated from Howard. I'm not sure what year. She's well older than me. Oh, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not sure. I know. I know it was 2000. And I'm your age, so if you saying she way older than you, yeah, like, I don't know how you team. know. I, I'm not gonna know her. Nah, she like she like she like 30 something. So like 30 something, 30 something, like. Almost 38, 39 type. That is something. She in her season 30. Yeah, yeah. She almost falling, shouted. <laughs> she ain't dirty 30 no more. She season 30. Hey, we can't, we can't, we can't talk 30 too much because uh, we damn near there. I think I might, yeah, I, I might, I might skip. I still got two. I got two solid ass years until I'm in two. my face, okay? How do you, how do you, 27, 28? I just turned 28. Oh, so you ain't got no two solid years. I'm 28 too. We got one year left. We I, got I turned, 29 to I get here. And that's it. I might skip 29. I might just be 28 for the next, you know what I mean? And then when 30 get here, I'm going to be 30 till I'm 36. But in these 28 years, I feel like, you know, I've had a long life, like, especially uh-huh. growing up in rural North Carolina. Um, uh-huh. It's been really, like, it's funny because everybody's feeling like racism is new. And I'm like, hmm. It's definitely not. I don't know what y'all talking about. Racism is pretty old. Because I remember growing up here, I used nothing. to tell my dad it's I newly like I was growing surfaced. up in, like, 1968. Uh-huh. You said what? I say it's newly surfaced a little bit in a different uh in a different way, but it's definitely not new. <laughs> yeah. No, I tell people what you what we had before was covert racism where you didn't know it was racism because it was within policy and you know it was just covered up a certain way. Mm-hmm. But um not even I won't even say racism, but just flat out discrimination. Like, fuck that. Racism ain't new, discrimination ain't new. It's history, man. It's Jim Crow. Slavery got down the, the the you you in the cannabis industry, so I'm pretty sure you didn't you didn't research the the war on drugs. You know what I'm saying? Um, all kind of shit. This shit has been here forever, but it's it's it took it took this long for for for. Other white people, other right. That's all. For that's for okay. other for that's other white thing. people to it's understand, just that like for oh. other white people to notice what's going on. If you want to be real, we're gonna speak on it. Let's speak on it. Talk, talk that's talk. all. I was I was trying to figure out how to say it. You did what I'm saying. It took it took this long, and it took for for uh your boy to be elected, <laughs> DJ. And I honestly think, for real, for real, I think, bro, felt like. It went. I think it went further than he thought it was gonna go. Like, but it's not even him. It started. It started well before him. It started with Barack Obama. Ex- exactly. But the thing is, as as you you know how they get sometimes when they get a little bit of power, they like, okay, I'm gonna push it. I'm gonna push it. I'm gonna push it. I'm gonna push it. And and he tried to push that limit too much, and the and, and the shit boiled over. He had Senate. He had the House. 
he had judges, he had all type of shit, and he was like, he wanted too he much. He was on a clear path to dictatorship. He was like, yeah, I'm ready now. He wanted too much. He had it made, man. He had it made. He, he, he had it made to be a president. Like he could have actually got a lot of policy done. Yeah. He could have actually made a good name for not what he could have made a good name for was he could have he shit. He could have made a better name for no, himself. No, because before no, all this, Donald Trump could, didn't I'm have no go ahead. I'm saying that he could have taken this opportunity to make a name for non-career politicians, meaning that people that are not right. your normal right. politicians, he could have made a way to show, like, we don't need them people that are entrenched and that, 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 right. that, that, that. Oh, they'll never have a chance after this. Organic. You said they, what? They'll never have another chance after this. After oh, this well, shit. I, that, I think that now, because we had Donald, Pre Donald Trump as the president, he's lowered the bar for what a political candidate needs to be so much so. That like I mean you got to think about it. Right after he was elected, you had somebody like AOC Yo. who was able to come in and become elected to Congress, and she her former job was as a waitress. So when you look at the background of any Yo. other other person that was a Congress person, they held 20, 30, 40 year positions before they even got to that level. So so when you now say you see where people are able to break through a lot easier. Uh -huh. But when you when you say when you say Donald Trump lowered the bar, right? And after the after the, the 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 performance that he put on, do you feel like they should raise the bar back or chalk it up? No. And, uh, throw him away as an um um expense and and keep it pushing. Like he's he's crazy as he is. Raise the bar more because when you raise the bar, what you have is what we have right now in our politics. It's a lot of elitist ass motherfuckers that's trying to represent us, but they are really disconnected with what we need. Uh-huh. Tell me how many of them people, okay, real simple. How many people that was elected to Congress that is sitting right now that was elected to Congress has ever lived in the projects? Right. Ate off food stamps. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like tell me who in 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 or had un and had to draw unemployment or they they had Medicaid or Medicare. Mm -hmm. Like Tell me who that's an elected official. And not saying that you have to be, like, you have to have gone through the system in order to know what it is, but Where's how the fuck are y'all making right. policy that's going to help us if you don't even know what help we need? Because you ain't never needed help before. That's what I'm saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, in my opinion... I'm listening. I need to go find Hold on. Go ahead. In my, in my opinion... I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say they need to to put it back to where it you know what I'm saying where it was where it started at, or where, what it's been like but I definitely feel like um I mean I'm listening I I definitely uh I was reading something real quick I definitely I definitely oh. feel like um shit need to be Taking a little bit, a little bit more, more serious. You know what I'm saying? When it come to, when it come to politics, and when it come to like celebrities and and, and normal, normal type people. Big, what I'm saying? Like, so let's be clear: celebrities are not political advisors at all. People be ready to, people be ready to hear from Beyonce and Jay Z and LeBron James about shit. I'm like, I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say they. I wouldn't say they are. They are. 
political advisor, but to to be on a to be on a platform and give they're not our leaders either. Opinion? They're not they're not our leaders either. That's not fair to put them in a leadership position either because they give us their leadership through their craft. Uh-huh. Uh, LeBron James already is giving us his leadership with his, and I'm not to say that he's not he doesn't have political opinions that he can share. I'm saying that it's unfair for us as a citizenship to expect them to be the ones to lead us when we actually have leaders and people that's out here on the grassroots level that's doing things and we can cons- and we su- we can support them think about it Stacey Abrams been Stacey Abrams before she became Stacey Abrams this is true but i mean if they if they have a platform to to influence and, and reach out more to masses yeah let, by all means, let them do it. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's, it's kids out here who who not gonna pay attention to a uh, um, a political ad or somebody who come to the to the church and say, "Hey, you guys, vote for me in the community." Blah 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 blah. But somebody they look up to, like LeBron James, or or, or for the football kids, you know, Cam Newton, uh, for the baseball kids, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, D Gordon and all them. Like if if they come and say, "Hey, y'all, it's this." Y'all think we cool. Y'all think we are, we are, you know what I'm saying? Y'all want to be like us. Well, just as much as I play this game, just as much as I, I go out here and I work hard on the field, I make sure my, my shit is taken care of too in my community um, or, or the communities, you know what I'm saying, that I, that I, uh, that I, I represent. So I wouldn't necessarily say they're, they're political, um, political advisors, but do I take their word? You know what I'm saying? Do I take some some of what they say seriously? Yes, because if they got on there and said shit, hey y'all, uh, fuck the police, go rob this, go do this, this, that, and the third, kids are gonna listen to that also because once again, they want they are those those types of role models. You dig what I'm saying? Kids gonna right. Catch that's why I'm saying. That's why I say that it's good to have candidates or people that are running for office or people elect to elect people that when they do things like bring someone who they know is influential, like Jeezy or Gucci Man or, you know, something like that in order to the stage, in order to address you, that you don't feel like they're appropriate in your culture. Somebody like Keisha Bottoms is a perfect example of that. Keisha Bottoms in Atlanta, she really is like Atlanta's mayor. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like her, when they turned the state blue, her, she sung, move, bitch, get out the way. Like, right. your mayor singing, you know, like, that was... Right, like, and shout out Shout out to um, shout out to Buddy in, in Baltimore too, man. What's his name? Um, oh yeah, Brandon. Yes, Brandon Scott is amazing. He's an amazing person. I've Brandon Brandon Scott. The opportunity. Um, I've ran a couple of political campaigns up in the Baltimore area, and I actually had the opportunity to meet him. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that he's an amazing person, a great representative of of Baltimore. But it's just the question of if he's going to be able to get anything done because of the democratic political machine that runs Maryland. That's something totally different outside of him and his abilities. I don't really know about um, Maryland politics. You know what I'm saying? You live up there. Um, how, are, how, how are they? Like, how do they, they treat? Um, shout out to Maryland, man. Shout out to uh, the whole DMV. But, um, like, in the in the DC area, in the Maryland area, like how are the police? How are the, the laws? How are the and how are they like enforced? So what's hilarious about Maryland, um 
I'm going to get into one thing, and it's, I'm going to trickle it down to how it connects the two. Uh-huh. So right now, from 2016 until now, there's been no females elected to the federal delegation, meaning that there was a senator, and senator is, you know, I don't, I'm going to give you all a quick civics lessons for a lot of you guys who are not poli-sci majors, very quick. So each state has senators, right? Each state has two senators. Right. And then they have Congress members based on how many people was in the population. So you may have a small state like Maryland that has eight, but then you have a place like North Carolina that might have like about 12 congressmen, right? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Now, this lady, Barbara Mikulski, left the Senate. And when she left Senate, she actually created what's considered a power vacuum. It's where people sit in power for so long that once they leave, it's like everybody's racing to go run for these positions because they've been, you know, because it's been for so long that they've been occupied. Right. She was the only woman that was the senator in Maryland. She left. The only female congresswoman decided to run for her seat and lost. So Mm -hmm. we lost the female senator and a female congressman all in the same year. And this is in Maryland. This is in Maryland. Okay. Maryland is really close to DC, so you think right, 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 like right. one of the more pro- one of the more progressive states. You got PG County and Baltimore and all of that. That's right there. So of course, you know it should be progressive. But we looked at the delegation and saw where on the Senate level and on the Congress level, the people that's making these laws for Congress are white men. Uh huh. And with the exception of one black, with the exception of one black man in PG County. And it's like, that's not what Merlin looks like. Merlin does not look like old white men. So right. we need to change that, right? Now you asked about the laws in Merlin. Merlin just passed a law that says that they can use rap lyrics against the person in a case. I saw that. I saw that. So they can take your rap lyrics, even though, you know, before it's like, now we are getting to the situation of the First Amendment. Now, uh-huh. this is my freedom of speech, you know what I'm saying? And I have the right to say whatever it is I want to say. Right. But they are saying that whatever it is that you're saying, once you put it on a song, you are self-incriminating, and they can use that against you. Right. That's something that's really because we need to see how that's going to play out as far as once it goes up to the Supreme Court. That's just Merlin legislating. But if so the Supreme Court up, considers up, it um, to be unconstitutional. Uh-huh. You brought up um, <laughs> freedom of speech, you know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you. So you saw, you saw Donald Trump got um, suspended from from Twitter, and it was too damn late. It was too <laughs> damn late. I'm okay, not so, okay with Twitter and TikTok and all of them now trying to ban him. That nigga has been destructive the whole fucking four years. They should have been took his Twitter away from him. Did you see before he What's her name? Carrie Hilson. You saw Carrie Hilson said that it's a um. It's a violation of Donald Trump's freedom of speech by taking him off. You know what I'm saying? But it's not because that's a private company and they have the right to right. use the services to anybody they want to. Now he can give press conferences as the president and still get his message out there. His press conferences can then be covered Miss, by whatever media outlet wants to cover it. And that's his that right as the president. At this and, and, and said some of the shit that he tweets. <laughs> You said what? Imagine he stood behind that podium and said some of the stuff that he tweet out loud. <laughs> Man. 
So what I do sometimes when I'm getting ready to tweet something I know is really wild, I say it out loud to see if, because you know when you tweet, sometimes it's just it's quirky when you just you know. Just, you just gotta say, say it. it out loud to see. It. You just gotta say it. Huh? If you follow me on Twitter, I'm in however it come to my mind. That's how it's gonna come out my my fingertip. It is what it is. You know, you know, I hold you. Our generation is full of cancel cancel culture. So I mean, yeah, you gotta be careful. Twenty years now, they're gonna be like twenty years, and they're gonna be like, did you say this? I'm gonna be like, yeah. Did you say this? I'm gonna be like, yeah. Okay, that's not politically correct, and we're gonna have to terminate you. Like, damn, for twenty years ago. But I mean, I don't say too, too, too much crazy stuff, but you know, go follow me, y'all. If y'all want to follow, follow me on Twitter, man, all my social media is always in the um, descriptions, but all my social media is my name. My Facebook is Jacoby Conway and everything else is an underscore in the middle of it. <laughs> Simple as that. But getting back to Wednesday, I mean, it was really hectic um, because what we saw, like, if we just can just talk about it real quick, what we saw was not a freedom of speech. First what we saw was not the expression of the First that Amendment shit at was all. Not okay. Like, at all. Like, I know it we make. Right. We, we make jokes and we laugh. And we we make memes and all that other shit, but that for real was was not okay. I was uh I was in the military. I was in the navy. You know what I'm saying. So I served to goddamn protect shit like that. And they say protect against uh enemies, foreign and domestic. You know what I'm saying. I didn't went and seen and 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 missed days and holidays and all kind of shit from my family being overseas, taking care of other countries, trying to overthrow their democracy, all to turn around and turn on the TV the other day and see half the damn military out there <laughs> tearing these folks shit up and then have the nerve to turn around and say they want justice for, for a veteran. Y'all know who I'm talking about, man. But we sat and had to march and beg and plead and cry all the goddamn summer just to get somebody arrested for. Come I mean, on. they were they were they were protesting getting their way, right? And we were protesting. <laughs> Because I still, human rights. I still to this like, day, do not know it. why them folk was up there. Okay. So you, you, you live time. down there. Let me know what, what was the, the true, you know what I'm saying? I seen Donald Trump say, go down there and stop them from counting the, the, the electoral college. They going to throw me out. All that other shit. But come on, man. All that. <laughs> That's why, that's why, and that's why I say it was an attack on our democracy. Of course. It was a literal attack on our democratic process in the sense that as a Washingtonian, you see this? These are three stars, two bars, straight D.C. I got it right. tatted on my shoulder inside of North Carolina, inside of the state of North Carolina, on my shoulder. Right that's on. how I feel. Through and through. D.C. is in me, but North Carolina made me, and that's why I can consider myself 
one of the most vocal and diverse millennial conservatives. I am a conservative. Uh-huh. I'm not a Republican, but I'm a conservative. Right. Meaning that I do hold conservative views because I was raised in the South. Mm-hmm. I was I'm a black Southern Christian like girl. Right. So I have a lot of conservative beliefs. But as a Washingtonian, I know the simple social contract that we have as American citizens with our government is that they're supposed to, like you said, protect us, if nothing else. They're supposed to protect and police us, meaning that I know that my government is supposed to take care of me in the sense that no harm can come to me. So when you have a situation where our democratic process is being attacked and... I live in eyesight of the Capitol building in D.C. And there was warnings that was put out by our mayor, Muriel Bowser, the week before. or like It was like some time before because I found out that basically December 15th, D.C. got shut down and uh-huh. put under like a curfew and like indoor dining and stuff like right. that was closed down. Uh-huh. Now... The mayor says that it was for, you know, the spike in COVID cases, which makes sense. However, the extreme right, whether it's the alt-right or Make America Great Again. Just or so, just Boys, so happened. Whatever it is. Huh? I say it just so happened. Yeah. They wanted to say that it was because of them. Like, nobody's thinking about y'all. But they were like, okay, we coming to the city January 6th. So Mayor Bowser put out a statement last week that told people that no matter what state you're from, it is illegal to carry guns in the District of Columbia. And I thought that was funny that she was posting that or that she had put that out as a statement. Um, That was the first statement. It was that if you come to D.C., no matter what state you come from, if you have a carry concealed weapons um, license, you can't carry in D.C. until you get a carry and concealed license permit from D.C. approving your you to be in D.C. to carry. Um, that was first. Then the second thing she put out was to all Washingtonian citizens that on January 6th, 7th, and 8th that she did not want us to go outside. Meaning that they were saying that they wanted us to go do all of our laundry and grocery shopping and all of that stuff before January 6th. So my birthday being the 31st of December, I was just like, well, my birthday's the 31st, so I see the six, you know, the city body is shut down. I don't know what's going on, but I know I'm going to go home to North Carolina. So I already pre-planned to come home uh-huh. because I wasn't quite sure what that meant about going grocery shopping and shuttering myself in the house if it's not for quarantine. Like, what right. do I want me to shut myself in the house? So on Wednesday, when I'm preparing myself to leave and everything, and I see what's going on in the city, and this is early in the day, maybe like this is before a lot of it happened and i'm gonna tell you how it happened in real time for us on the ground which was really scary and how i actually felt like i had to flip i fled the city you're right by noon i was going to my eye doctor to go pick up some glasses that i had um put in the order for and i saw them all congregating and stuff and they were just really getting hyped up like real hyped like a big tailgate almost was going down Uh uh-huh going in the house. I'm going in the house anyway. I'm not dealing with y'all. In real time, I 
saw the crowd move from like the National Mall and like the the Washington um, the the White House area right down down Constitution towards the Capitol building. Now, I was also one of the organizers of the marches this summer for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. So I remember when we were organizing and we did, you know, protests in front of the White House and how they threw flash grenades at us and rubber right. bullets and, right. you know what I'm saying? They were really, really, I mean, I remember us going to the, I remember how we had to go to Sam's Club and Costco to get jugs of milk because we knew that they were going to like right. face us type shit. Right. Because they so knew, we, they like, knew y'all was coming, right? They knew we were coming, and we knew that they knew we were coming, so we knew that how right. they treat us in our black body. Right. Just, as, just as much as they knew these other folk were coming. Right. Right. That, that's, what I'm, right. that's what I'm trying to put together. Because here's the deal. Here's the difference between the other people coming and us coming. They planned a strategic attack right. on the Capitol. Right. We responded, and it was a spark because of an incident that happened and then exactly. right on top of that incident y'all goddamn walked in Breonna Taylor's house and killed her so you know what no we, we can't keep we can't keep we can't keep being silent so we upset we gotta figure right. it out in real time they they literally got to the capitol and I and I'm comparing this because I want people to understand the difference between June and Wednesday uh-huh. when we marched from before we even marched, you got to remember the the city was boarded up as if we were going to tear shit up. Um, tanks rolled in. For days, tanks rolled in. The National Guard was there on every block, like shutting downtown. I, I worked in a visa office downtown. And so I remember coming into work and how we were already in the middle of a fucking pandemic. So we were dealing with that. But uh-huh. the city was shuttered because of this. And I was like, really? None of that for these people. They get to the Capitol building and they're met with nearly no resistance. These people laid horse manure on the Capitol lawn in June for us. So when we got closer to the Capitol building, we just kept smelling this like shit. French. <laughs> yeah. You know, shit. And it's it's hot and it's summertime and stuff like that. Hot whatever, shit. You know what I'm saying? So like, That's what you smell. Hot, hot shit. shit. That's even before we get to this. We never made it to the steps of the Capitol. So for them to make it to the steps of the Capitol and then incite violence, but they didn't even really have to incite violence because I've seen videos of police officers letting them in. Like, they let them in. Hey, hey, hey. Come in, come in this way. Like, that's the so, that's the, yeah. the, the the killing part to me. All of a sudden, y'all sitting here saying, "Oh, they stormed and they did this and they came and blah 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 and they broke in four different police barriers." But ain't no way, ain't no way these the same goddamn people from four months uh uh, uh what that was six seven months ago. Ain't no way. Ain't no way these the same I police. Had- my my question was, hey, Muriel, I asked the mayor of D.C., like, girl, did y'all use all the ammunition on us in June? That's what like, I'm trying to figure out. They they had to run out. They had to run out. I ain't think the, the police was uh, defunded that much yet. 
I thought, uh, God, you know, uh, we must. They, they have a goddamn water gun out there, motherfucker. This is when, okay, so this is when Super I thought so it was fun. funny. This is when I thought it was funny, but I realized it was getting real. I thought it was funny, but I realized it was getting real. So there was checkpoints where you couldn't take flagpoles and book bags and stuff like that. So people was leaving, they were leaving these um, piles of book bags. Right. And that was the first thing that scared me because I was like, hold on. In D.C., you know, we're not the ones. Like, we the ones that, is that your bag? Metro uh-huh. says don't leave your bag anywhere. Like, you cannot leave no unmarked bag in D.C. So, in uh-huh. fact, there were piles of them. I was scared, like, on some, what these niggas got bonds in them, you know? Then the second happened was when they started taking the pepper spray from the police and spraying them. Yeah. I was like, yo, white all, on white all violence sudden, is hilarious. Like, all what the of a sudden, fuck? y'all. <laughs> yeah, y'all, we, y'all, y'all can let weak, them take all of a sudden. Pe- or, how you so scared for your life that you can't pull your gun out? Because you be scared of us. You be so scared. So scared you can't, you so scared you can't pull your gun. I was, I feared for my life. He had a cell phone, but it looked like, but Billy Ray got a damn gun that looked like a gun. Yeah, a gun that looked like a gun. He and you ain't you ain't got like nothing. Nothing. You y'all y'all shooting kids cause cause you thought a cap gun was a goddamn me. <laughs> but they got a real gun and you know it's a real gun. You know it. For a fact. No if ands. But somebody, you know it's a gun. You know these folks somewhere they don't need to be. You know they're angry. But you just all of a sudden, you can't fight no more. So before we do anything, right, we've already discussed our outrage. I think that's one thing. I think that what I want to do with you tonight uh-huh. is figure out where we go from here. Ooh. Because we know that we know that we have juxtaposed what happened in June to today, but uh-huh. let's be more solution oriented. Let's actually figure out who I'll tell you, we baby. hold accountable. Hold on, hold on. Who we hold accountable for the actions that led up to then? Like, do we hold accountable the Democratic elected officials that have been trying they that have been trying to get him out of office? They say, or do we hold accountable the like the Republican? Like, like, who is it? Because I say hold accountable. I say everybody who voted against impeaching his ass, hold him in ca- accountable. If you said get him up out of here, you all right. If you said, no, give him another chance, you should be held and accountable. That's why I want to say, as a conservative, I want to say shout out to certain Republicans that I do know. Right. That when they did not ride the Trump bandwagon, but they represent their people. People like Larry Hogan, the governor of Maryland, he was never from day one, he was never a Trump supporter. But right. he always look at how close he was to Trump. Like he's in Maryland. He's the governor of Maryland. And I guarantee you, hear this now. You have heard this for the first time from an African American woman's mouth to your ears on locally famous and oh, blunt force. Larry Hogan will be our next Republican candidate for president. He is. He's going to have to run against John Kasich in Ohio. Uh-huh. But Larry's going to get it. 
He's going to get it because of the sympathy vote, because he battled cancer and won. Uh-huh. He's going to get it because he represented inner city places like Baltimore. He's going to get it because he actually verbally came out against Trump many times to the point that him and Trump was like beefing on Twitter. So yeah. Shout out to Larry. I love you, Larry. I'm glad we got to talk at the craft feast a couple of years ago. And I'm glad that I got to work for the Maryland Republican Party for the two congressional cycles that I did because I got to learn a lot. I got to learn a lot. I did. So, yeah. Well, solutions. I'm sorry. Solutions. I'm sorry. That was just my moment. Um, no, nah, you good. You know? I, I mean, I feel like, like I said before, that's who, that's who should be... Uh, should be held accountable. I know this whole thing is out right now to to uh, put stuff in place to impeach him now. I don't feel – I mean, I know he lose all kind of certain stuff um, if he gets impeached. But at the same time, I feel like at this point it's too late. Let let the shit ride out. Y'all didn't, y'all, y'all had your chance to, to say, hey, man, look. It's go too ahead late and because out. you're talking about – you're talking about impeaching somebody with 10 days left in their presidency. So like, you're talking about impeaching somebody with 10 days left in their presidency, like fuck you, because now you are mocking my like intelligence as an American citizen. Like you playing with my fucking face. If anything, go let Iraq fucking take care of the fact that he killed their leader. Because we need to stop, but we need to stop. Like somebody gotta hold this man accountable. And, and like you said, let it ride out. Like. That 25th Amendment shit that they trying to do as far as revoking his his rights as the president and then giving rights to basically the mayor of D.C. to run D.C. Mm-hmm. Because it's federal land, um, federal ground. Uh-huh. That could have that and should have been done. Right. Could have and should have been done. It's just, man, I really don't know. I really don't know. Um... Joe Biden got a lot on his hands. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, he definitely inherited a mess. But as did, well, that was a black man. Never mind. Who? As did Barack Obama, but baby. He's not a shape, but a baby still at your side. And Listen, Barack ain't inherit this bullshit. Nah, George, you know, George had his, his, his bout, but good God almighty. That's what they say. You know, you know you a fucked up president when George Bush come out talking about some man, this is George, wrong. When George come out, when George, listen, when George came out and say, boy, what? When George came out and said something, Peter, because you got to realize the last like 200 days of Bush's presidency, we didn't even see that motherfucker. No, he was chilling. He was like, I'm done. He I'm was so chilling. Shit is over. Like, it is he what was, it I'm is. I'm so glad I'm done. It is what it is. Because everybody knew Obama was going to come take the wave. And George sat back, man. Go on, man. Y'all got it. I think George Bush knew that he fucked up so much in his first term that he was even surprised he got elected the second time. Like, damn, y'all want me to come back? Man, listen. Man, I I thought I did this job so horrible I was gonna get fired. I know. This man, they trying to fire, they trying to fire this man on his last goddamn day, man. I feel like if they try, and I feel like the 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 response that they're gonna get from him, you you already know he's childish. So you gotta think about it like this: 
if you fire him on his last day, think about what you, you would do to your job or at your job if they fired you on your last You would tear that motherfucker to pieces. You bought the break windows and flip tables. You about to steal pens and paper clips. Like, no. Take everything. So I really just want us to everything. But one of the things that um Freud said Hold about on. civilizations. This is gonna be bro right here. Because we are, we know how to, you know, move 
and make art through our pain. Like you got to think about it. our ancestors took their pain and turned it into hymnals and turned it into spirituals and turned it into art and turned it into sculptures and stuff. And we just modernize it by turning ours into jokes and memes and stuff like that. Right. But at the end of the day, we have a right to sit around and have discourse about how we are experiencing multi-generational trauma at the sense of it hurts me to my heart to see you break the window and, and climb up the wall of and spray paint and destroy the marble and all that other stuff that my ancestors laid. My ancestors laid. Mm-hmm. Like your white ancestors were not out there laying bricks. Right. Your white ancestors was not not out there building up our capital and our white house. Mine were. DC was literally a swamp. And white people did not even want to live there. Uh-huh. Black people had to take the ingenuity and the engineering to understand how they had to shut 11 waterways. It was 11 rivers that ran through DC. And it was a black man, Benjamin Banneker, that mapped out DC and figured out how you can shut off those waterways and make roads. Right. How you can how you can't lay brick on top of a of a swamp area because it's just gonna slide. But what you do is you take and you dig and you insert the bricks. And that's how you get cobblestone cities like Philadelphia and DC and Baltimore because of those black engineers. But then when you go down to those places like Georgetown and the waterfront and down in Philadelphia, and they say their biggest imports was sugar and tobacco and mm-hmm. and this and stamps. And I'm like, bitch, you forgot us. You forgot your biggest in- in- imports was my family. Right. <laughs> like what? So I have a problem with them trying to rewrite history just like, you know, by saying that they're protesting. You're not protesting. You attacked right. our democracy. Right. Right right before this happened, I just talked about domestic terrorism, how it's underreported here in America. There was a place in Nashville on Christmas Day that got bombed. Right. That was bombed. And ain't nobody had shit to say. Nothing. 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 But they turn around and say that Wednesday was one of the darkest days in the history. Not John F. Kennedy getting killed, not Martin Luther King getting killed, not Malcolm X, not none of them school shootings, not nothing, but Wednesday was the darkest day. This is not new. It's (laughs) It's not not new. White terrorism is not new. After the reconstruction, we had the largest amount of African-Americans elected in history after the reconstruction in the 1800s. Do you know why we don't have that now? White terrorism rose. Do you know what that white terrorism was called? The KKK. Right. They lynched us. They hunted us down and killed us. Over the last five, five years since Trayvon Martin, we literally did a march. My first vow of activism in D.C., we led a march for Troy Davis in 2011 uh-huh. to stop legal 
They've been legally lynching us every since. Did, did you hear about them folk getting hung in in uh Texas? Like this past summer where it was like the six people. Man, listen. Protect yourself, man. Protect yourself for real, man. So my question for you Come on, talk is to as a black man. As a black man, what has this all done to your psyche as far as, like, you preparing for your future, preparing for having a family, you know, just, like... As far as what is what is what done, what is what done for, for all that? Like, what's going on? The, what's going on or just, you know, literally trying to fight for your black life. Like, knowing that there's a literal movement called Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter? And every day you have oh. to go out here and try to give your life. <laughs> This is what I always feel. This is what I always as a black man. As a black man, I'm already I'm already a black man. So I do this for for my kids, first of all. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to Journey, shout out to Jackson. I love y'all. And um, but when I was when I was out there at the George Floyd marches, I was I was looking at at a bunch of a bunch of the kids and I was like, man, we out here for y'all. You know what I'm saying? Because the world already fucked up enough for us. You know what I'm saying? Like the 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 more we we go and, and and press and push on to do and to get shit the right way, to get shit where it needs to be, um then that makes it better for them. You know what I'm saying? Which in turn makes it better for us because they'll be able to take care of us. You know what I'm saying? But if they're not able to take care of themselves, you know what I'm saying, we are fucked. Cause social security already gonna run out. You dig what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, I do this for them. I do this for them to to when when mine get however old and they pull out some technology, you know what I'm saying, um, and figure out a podcast. What is this? And like, oh, my dad had one of them. He he talking that shit back. You know what I'm saying? Woo woo woo. When the teacher say this, this, that, and the third happened in 2020. Nah, hold up. Let me run this. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me run that yeah. back. Hold up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's. That's what I do it for. <laughs> I always said, you know what I, I always said, like, as a, <clears throat> you know how somebody asks you, like, what do you want to do in life? I am a person that, like, I know what I want to do as far as, like, a career. I know what I want to do as far as, like, once I own something. I know what uh-huh. I want to do, like, after that. And I know what I want to do, like, in retirement. Right. And my retirement part is, I always wanted to know who the hell are writing the fucking history books. Like, is it still McGraw-Hill? Yeah, it's still McGraw-Hill. My thing is, well, my thing is this. When are we going to have the very first, like, black-owned history book? Textbook, right. No, not even history books. Because you got to think about it. McGraw-Hill don't just make history books. They make textbooks. Yeah, so yeah, textbook, textbook. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, textbook. Right. I don't want just I don't want just history books. I want yeah. textbooks. But you gotta think about it. Whoever writes it have to innovate it in a way that our textbooks are not gonna be flip open your book. Your textbook will be an app. Okay. It it'll be a, it, it's, everything is moving towards that anyway. So if your textbook is gonna be an interactive app then now we can actually put these pieces of history in your textbook, meaning right. that you're not just reading the book anymore. 
You're now watching news. Watching it. You can You're hear now, it. you know what I'm saying? You're listening you know, to right? the podcast. You are, you know hmm. what I'm saying? Yo, you might be on to something, so, man. You know what I'm saying? Talk your, hey, come on, man. Yeah. Um, For sure. Um, y'all can hit me up about my idea if y'all gonna just steal it from me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Don't just steal my idea from <laughs> <laughs> No, I got plenty. I'm... No, get in. Um, for real though, for real. I wouldn't real. be mad when I, when I see it done, and the reason why I say when is because you're locally famous and I'm blunt for it. Right. So you know it's gonna catch on. I definitely, I definitely got, um, I definitely got some, some, some authors, um, in my, you know, what I'm saying that I know that I have an author, a good friend of mine who's actually been on this podcast. So, uh, shout out to Taya. Um, make sure y'all go check her stuff out. Figurative Keys, man. Go hit her up at www.figurativekeys figurativekeys.com man y'all be seeing me wear the shirts that say uh start talking back to the storm y'all see me wearing the shirts that say um excuse me uh what's that other one i got start y'all seen the one that say start talking back to the storm um make sure you go get one of them um make sure y'all hit up legacyoverpopularity.com while i'm shit while i'm talking about it legacyoverpopularity.com slash discount slash locally famous uh, make sure y'all hit up Yukon J Cosmetics. Um, I am that's I A M M clothes.com um, and chicchakras.com. Man, use the promo code locally famous. Get 15 to 20% off over there, man. Valentine's Day coming up, man. Go get your shout at something, even if she ain't your shout at. Um, make sure y'all stay tuned for the locally famous merch coming out too, real, real, real soon. I just put the order in the other day. Yeah. Come on, Alex. Blunt force, man. Talk about that real quick. What what y'all got going on over there? Ooh, you know, Blunt Force is a cool little place. Um, say hi. <laughs> but no, Blunt Force is a cannabis podcast that actually keeps people updated on um nationwide legislation um that's happening within cannabis, but we also keep people updated on cannabis economics, meaning like stocks to invest in and different mergers that's happening and like you know what are the safest um dispensaries to shop at and then what's really awesome about blunt force is it's not just myself it's two of us Uh so um my co-host is in la and we actually travel um to different states in order to find like the best strand we go to find like the best dispensaries so um like for example colorado we uh-huh. go we'll go to colorado to find like the best dispensary and the best strand that's there or you know what's crazy a lot of people it's funny that you brought up colorado though because a lot of people always look at me weird but that's like on my top places to go to list i don't know why i don't yes. know nothing about it's, it's denver i, I want to go to denver like I was supposed to go 2020, but see how that shit went down. That's where I went. I went to Denver, and I'm not going to lie to you. I've never, I've been to a lot of places, and I've traveled. I've never gone any place and wanted to live there. Uh And Denver was the only place that I've gone to, and I actually had made arrangements to move there in November. I'm talking about I went and got a job. Like, I went and applied for a job, flew back out for the interview, Got the job on the spot. Started looking at apartments. Like I was dead ass serious. Like I was getting ready to move to Denver in November. Like that's how serious I was. 
I loved it. Um, I'm going. Yes, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But okay, blunt so force, go ahead. We travel, and but not only do we travel, we bring cannabis news. So we try to bring the latest strands as mm-hmm. they drop, let you know, like, the THC content, if it's a T-bug, it's hybrid, you know, how does it affect you, whether it makes you, like, you know, in the couch or if you're up. Um, we also, like, we have broke news stories, like, as it's happening. Uh-huh. And then, like, on, say, on a Friday, right, we'll be like, oh, yeah, you might want to keep an eye on this because this is happening. And then by Monday, like, yo, remember that shit we were talking about? So, yeah, that happened, and that stock went up by, like, 25 points type shit. Okay. Because the crazy part about 2020 was the cannabis industry actually outperformed the New York Stock Exchange. Right. So... Um, yeah, the cannabis industry was the only industry that actually outperformed the New York Stock Exchange throughout the pandemic. Not alcohol, not like nothing else. So, um, a lot of legislators was really pressing to move forward and push um, their states with legalization. And they, the reason why was because they wanted to be able to get those taxable dollars to be able to, to spend on their residents because right. of the pandemic. And it made sense. So places like New Jersey and Virginia decriminalizing it, and you had Arizona making moves, and then you had, like, it was just so many states that really made a push in 2020 that you're going to see in 2021 that it just opened the floodgates for them. That's what's up. That's that's definitely. But then we also bring like social media news. Social media, like okay. That, and how often, so, like, how often do y'all do y'all like post an episode or like when y'all drop? Like, when can folks like look forward to the next um to the next episode? Or um, I know it's y'all got a lot of episodes out there, so make sure y'all go check them out. Um, y'all know how we do. Definitely, find I, out about some new shit. We go that shit. Actually. One episode I would like for you to check out if you get a chance is our Black Lives Matter episode. Uh-huh. That actually was the episode that we did reflecting about what was going on in D.C. or what was going on in the nation uh-huh. and, um, you know, how we responded to it and what we were going to do and take action and stuff like that. So it kind of like followed us through it. But for the most part, Blunt Force actually posts each week. Um, you can find us on Spotify and Apple. Um, I'm going to actually, we're trying to figure out what our schedule will be like now because as my co-host is in L.A., uh-huh. um, she actually used to fly and meet me in different cities. But uh, travel restrictions, for real, for real, has really gotten us like to the point where we would pick cities that were safe. Uh-huh. Now no city is safe. <laughs> right. Everywhere like, is. One time we were, yeah. literally, we were literally jumping around like, okay, well, let's, let's look on the map and see like, what don't have high like high yeah. like, you know numbers it's a little you know, it's a little bit social distance. i was just like it's a little bit uh, more you know open now i did some traveling this past weekend for the uh for the podcast so um so make sure y'all stay tuned for that man i got an episode i went out of town this weekend i get y'all that when i get to y'all but um i think i think now I'm 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 gonna travel more. 2020, I didn't travel at all. I only, I only went to. Well, I mean, I went to Houston, my hometown, and then I went to to Georgia where my parents live. 
But for the most part of uh, 2020, that's, I was just there and home. But uh, 2021, I'm going to get out of here a little bit more. I'm going to get out of here a little bit more and, and, and move around. I might be up in D.C. Uh, I'll let you know when I'm there. You dig what I'm saying? Hey, Because hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just right here in, uh, in Norfolk. Oh, and awful. <laughs> yeah, I'm just right here in Norfolk. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the shout out to the 757, man. But shout out to my hometown, Houston, Texas. I love the 804 personally. The 804 uh-huh. me down. Richmond, shout out to Richmond. Uh-huh. I got some stuff lined up shout for out, Richmond too soon. Shout out to Petersburg. You know, shout out to Chesterfield, Etrick, you know, all y'all. Chesterfield, not a rest of field. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, man, so Check this out, though. So it, we got this thing on the podcast where I like to ask the guests what um, what moments can they cherish from today? Um, you didn't had what time is it now? All right. So you didn't had all day to have a bunch of moments to go through a lot of stuff. It's a Sunday, um, but by the time this episode drop, it'll be a Monday. So let them know, man, something you can cherish from today, something that they can take on and uh, move on through the rest of their life with. I had a Sankofa moment today. A Sankofa moment is just where you, you know, look, you go moving forward, but you look back on the past. Uh-huh. And I got to walk through my town just like I used to as a little girl. Uh-huh. Um, I was walking my dog and just decided that I was going to walk across town. I don't know. I, I literally walked across town. So if I was to say if there's a moment I can cherish today, it was my Sankofa moment while walking through my town today. Um, it's something that I got to reflect on a lot of great times that not just I experienced in the town, but I felt very ancestral about it. Like, I saw, like, moments that I know that my grandfather had, moments that uh-huh. I know that there was a lady who taught me at a private school. Her name was Barbara Campbell. Um the moments that I, I remember her speaking about and stuff. And so just to be able to come back home and know that I see a lot of work that needs to be done, like a lot, almost overwhelming to the part that it crushed me that my town looks like this because it feels like my town feels like what it looked like when Scar took over Pride Rock and Simba came back yeah, like in Lion King, like when Simba came back home and saw what Scar had taken over, that's what it felt like. That's what it feels like when I come home to farming. So to be able to see so much work needing to be done and know that I can do this work. I have the tools, like I literally, you guys sent me somewhere and I literally got the tools to be able to make sure that I could build what we need to build here. Right. I'm not even that you sent me to do it, but I'm ready to do it too. I'm just ready for the support and the the connectivity to be able to get it done. So I would say that's the most shared thing. I would say that was my, my favorite part of today because it came to me because I was really sad that I was home and I wasn't able to go to church. Uh-huh. And that was but my just word. The, that just because the, the building closed. Yeah. We are the church. You dig what I'm saying? So, um. Okay. Hey man, what I could cherish from today, 
moment I can cherish from today is a uh, moment that I had that I had to say to myself, push through that shit. Self? Push through that shit. Push through that shit. Sometimes when you when you when you when you when you going through life, you run into some you run into some walls and you run into some barriers, you run into some stumbling blocks, and you like, man, it frustrates you, it pisses you off. You like, come on, dog, what the hell is going on? But you got nut up and push through that shit. It is what it is. Because at the end of the day, whatever you want to get done, it's going to get done. But it ain't going to get done. But do you need to push like pray until something happens? Pray until something happens? Um, that, That'll work. But when I say push through it, I mean push through it. Keep going. Drive. Because guess what? You got to get to the other side. Whether you walk, whether you run, whether you, however you get there, keep going and push through that shit. Simple as that. The message. Lucy. Thank you for having me on your show. You got anything before I get up out of here? Um, I just want to say thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, if you weren't able to catch this episode live, it will be on Spotify and Apple. You can just follow Blunt, the Blunt Force or Blunt Force on Spotify and Apple. On Instagram, we have D-T-H-E underscore Blunt Force. And again, I'm happy to be locally famous. Finally famous. Well, I ain't got nothing else for y'all, man. Like I said, man, y'all know who I am. And for those of y'all at the beginning who didn't know who I was, you know now. My name is Jacoby Conway, a.k.a. the mayor, the gargoyle king, the professor, um, Mr. Ass Spicy Life, man. And this has been another episode of Locally Famous Podcast, man. And like I say all the time, wherever you at, whatever you got going on, make sure you take the time to find a mirror, find a selfie, or take out the camera on your phone and say, hey, you, be great today. I love y'all, and I'm out. Turn up.